अखंडम सच्चिदानंदम अवांगमनसगोचरम आत्मानम अखिलाधारम So in the Vedanta Sara, we have been studying the, uh, let us say the ABCD, the building blocks of Vedanta. This is the beginning of the journey. We started at the very end with Mandukya Upanishad and Mandukya Karika. But the beauty of Vedanta, Advaita Vedanta is that it's not like uh, you know learning a subject where you start with the basics and then you go to something very advanced and you'll know more and more and more and more rather it's a very simple single teaching that you are brahman and what you learn uh, at the beginning in this book is also exactly what you learn throughout the journey and what you learn at the end of the journey so what this book will t- tell us is what we have been studying in the Mandukya and in all the other Vedanta texts. That's why Vedanta is very simple, easy to summarize. That thou art, I am Brahman, Am Brahmasmi, Tattvamasi, that's it. Now, what are the building blocks that we have um, got so far, essential building blocks of Vedanta? We were told that in Vedanta, the method is Adhyaropa Apavada. In English, superimposition and desuperimposition. There's just fancy words for, uh, it's just a fancy way of saying, making an error and correcting it. Uh, superimposition is making an error uh, and de-superimposition is correcting it. Adhyaropa apavada. Another word for adhyaropa, technically more popular in, in Vedanta is adhyasa. Um, Swami Vivekananda uses the word hypnotization and dehypnotization. Not that we are trying to hypnotize you, we are already hypnotized. And Vedanta is showing us a way out of this, uh, this error, this samsara, which is a kind of self-hypnosis, which we, we are under. So the method of superimposition and desuperimposition, adhyaropa apavada. Now, what is adhyaropa? It is taking the false to be real. There is the real, but we are taking the false. We, we are taking the false to be the real. Uh, an example was given taking the rope to be a snake. So you mistake the rope to be a snake. The rope is real, the snake is, there's no snake there, but you think it's a snake, you make an error. That is called superimposition, adhyaropa. And what is apavada? What is desuperimposition? Correcting the error, that seeing that it is not a snake, it is a rope, that is desuperimposition, um, apavada. Um, so in this case, seeing the, False instead of the real is superimposition and then correcting the error, seeing the reality, uh, uh, that correcting that the false, it, it, that's not true. This is true. That's the nature of desuperimposition. So real and false. Now two new words have been introduced. Uh, in um, Sanskrit, vastu avastu, that which is and that which is not. What is the real and what is the false? Vedanta, uh, Vedanta Sar told us the real is Satchidanandam Advayam Brahma. Um, existence absolute, consciousness absolute, bliss absolute, non-dual, Brahman. That is the reality. What is the false then? The false is everything else. Say starting with ignorance, ignorance of the reality. Starting with the ignorance and all the products of ignorance, which we'll talk about now. 
That's like the snake. That's the fox. Remember, false here is a unique thing. False is that which appears but is not real. That which appears but, but not real. So there are different categories. There is the absolutely real, which is Brahman. There is the absolutely false, the absolutely unreal. Absolutely real Brahman. Absolutely unreal, which is like a square circle or the classical example of a, a barren woman's son or that of a sky flower, Kapushpa uh, or um, Bandhyaputra. These are the traditional examples. Impossible. That does not exist at all. Neither exists, nor does it appear. Nobody has ever seen such a thing, like a square circle or a sky flower or a barren woman. So it's impossible. Um, that's unreal. That's not there at all. And what's totally real, absolutely real, ultimately real is Brahman. In between is our existence, uh, this, this world of samsara. It is not absolutely real like Brahman, but it's not totally unreal either, in the sense that it appears. Though it is not there, like the snake in the rope, um, though there is no snake, it appears, it looks like a snake. The snake appears, we seem to experience a snake. Similarly, though there is no samsara, though, though there is no, ultimately there is nothing like a body, mind, external universe, it appears like that. Uh, so that which does not exist but appears is called false. I'll repeat again, that which does not exist but appears is called false. The totally unreal neither exists nor appears. And the absolutely real Brahman exists, but does not appear. It's not an object of appearance. And the example which I gave was, is also peculiarly apt. It's the example of telling a lie. So one can tell a truth, one can remain silent, and one can tell a lie. So telling a truth is like the absolute truth, Brahman. It's true. And you, you cannot change it. You need not change it also. And that which is silent, when nobody speaks, that's like the completely unreal in the sense that um, you do not experience it. You don't hear anything. And nothing needs to be done about it either. You don't have to correct it. Silence is silence. There's no need to correct it. You cannot correct it also. And then there is the lie. In between is the lie, telling a lie. So telling a lie, is, it, it appears, you can hear it. You actually heard something, but it's not true. And it needs to be corrected and it can be corrected. The lie has to be contradicted and can be um, corrected. So our samsara is like that in between the lie. Why does this happen? A new term was introduced, ignorance, agyanam. And this ignorance, also known as maya, we were told that it is um, neither absolutely existing like Brahman, not absolutely non-existent, it's in between. You cannot say it exists, you cannot say it does not exist. Why? You cannot say it exists because when you get enlightenment, ignorance is not there. So it cannot, you cannot say it's an absolute existence like Brahman. But you cannot say it's not there at all because it, it, it produces this illusion, this movie, this dream of the world is there. To some extent, practically, you have to take it into account. So Sanskrit, sad asad bhyam anirvachanyam cannot be expressed as absolutely existent, cannot be expressed as absolutely non-existent. Um, also, we, we learned it was Trigunatmakam. It is composed of Sattva Rajas Tamas. It's something borrowed from Sankhya cosmology. Also, we learned Jnana Virodhi. It is cancelled or negated by knowledge, knowledge of the absolute reality. Knowledge of the, of the rope negates the ignorance about the snake. 
uh, knowledge of Brahman negates the ignorance, which uh, this samsara and all of this is negated by knowledge of Brahman. All right. Then what happened? Then we were told that this ignorance, agyanam or maya, has a total aspect and an individual aspect. It's subdivided. Brahman, the absolute reality, cannot be subdivided. It's one without any division, akhandam. But maya has innumerable parts. Uh, you can think of maya as being individual, or you can think of it as being total. That, that Brahman, that pure consciousness, that reality, in association with, limited by maya, is called God. So that's when we now have God. We have got the absolute, we have got maya, and absolute and maya together are God. And the absolute, through a part of maya, remember maya has parts, through a part of maya, called individual ignorance, is jiva, sentient being, like us. The absolute, through maya, associated with maya, God has extraordinary powers, superpowers, omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent. And in, limited by one individual ignorance, us is very weak, uh, has limited knowledge, uh, is ignorant about our real self, even about the world also we know very little, has very little power, is subject to birth and death, is under the sway of karma, cause and effect. This is what we have got. And remember two examples were used. Uh, one example was of forest and trees and sky. Sky is like pure consciousness. And uh, all the trees taken together is called a forest is like Maya. Individual trees are like individual ignorance. So what is God? What is the absolute? Like the sky. What is God? The sky which is, in, which is enclosed or which is covered by the forest. Sky and forest together, that sky and which is covered by the forest is like God. Consciousness plus Maya. Uh, what is individual being? That space, that part of the sky or the space which is covered by or, or enclosed by one tree is called a jiva. All right, this is what we have so far. We have Adhyaropa Pavada, superimposition, desuperimposition. We have the absolute Brahman. We have God, Saguna Brahman. We have jiva. Um, and of course, uh, the qualities of God and the jiva. Now, going ahead. We are done up to text number 46. Now we are going to text number 47. Anayoho samashti vyashtyoho vanavrikshayo riva jalashaya jalayo riva vabhedaha. This aggregate and individual ignorance are identical like a forest and the trees or a reservoir and the water. So just as if you say all the trees taken together, or if you say the forest, you are referring to the same thing. You understand? They are, they are not two different things. All trees taken together in a particular forest, all the trees taken together, or you can say the forest. You are speaking about the same thing. They are one and the same thing. Or in the case of a reservoir, all the drops of water, millions of drops of water, or you can say one reservoir. You are talking about the same thing. You can call it many, you can call it one but you're talking about exactly the same thing. Similarly, all the ignorances, all our ignorances, yeah. all taken together, you can say all ignorances or you can call it maya. It's the same thing. So that's what it says. Anayor of these two, samashti, which, which two? Samashti, vyashti, totality and single. single. Yeah. 
vanavrikshayoreva just like forest and the trees jalashaya jalayoreva va or like the reservoir and the drops of water abhedaha they are one and the same no difference okay then 48 etad upahitayoho ishvara pragnayorapi vanavrikshavachinna akashayoreva jalashaya jalagata प्रतिबिंबाकाशयोरिव वाभेदहा is the same as the akasha reflected in the reservoir similarly ishvara and pragya associated with these aggregate and individual ignorances are identical there are such shruti passages as he is the lord of all he is omniscient he is the inner controller he is the source of all he is the cause of origin and destruction of creatures etc from the mandukya upanishad so what has been said here just as all the trees together and the forest is one and the same similarly the sky uh, in the, all their trees and uh, the sky enclosed by the forest is one and the same just as the drops of water i and are taken together and the entire reservoir is just exactly the same thing the sky reflected in the drops of water is exactly the sky reflected in the entire reservoir so what it means to say is that absolute consciousness uh, reflected in our individual ignorances Uh, separately as all sentient beings is exactly the same consciousness which is um, associated with the totality of ignorance or maya what is the individual consciousness reflected in each of the or associated with each of the individual ignorances it is the jiva the sentient being what we experience in deep sleep what we are in deep sleep not what we experience in deep sleep what we are in deep sleep in deep sleep remember mandukya um, we have the advantage of having uh, seen the end of the road mandukya mandukya what does it say pragya consciousness the consciousness in deep sleep at the individual level is called pragya what we call in english the deep sleeper do you remember mandukya consciousness associated with individual dream state is called taijasa what we call the dreamer i when i am dreaming consciousness associated with this body in the physical waking world with individual person is called vishwa what we call the waker so the waker the dreamer and the deep sleeper now it says the deep sleeper pragya and at the cosmic level ishvara consciousness associated with maya are one and the same exactly like the sky associated with the individual uh, or in in the you know like covered by the individual trees is exactly the same as the sky covered by the forest or the sky reflected in the individual drops of water is exactly the same sky which is reflected in the entire reservoir consciousness in ishvara and consciousness in pragya is one and the same so this is what has been said is building up to something as we go to the final point he wants to make here which is in verse in text number 49 and 50 before that let me just stop here 
he said something which is a little bit troubling. What he says is troubling is, first he said, individual ignorance, ajnana and maya are the same. And then he said, the individual waker, deep sleep, and uh, in deep sleep, and the individual not waker, individual deep sleeper, pragya and Ishwara are one and the same. But obviously they are not. I mean, that's what we have been discussing so far. That uh, um, did we not say that the individual being is like, like each of us, we are um, limited and we have less, uh, we, we little knowledge, we have little or no power and so on and so forth. And God uh, is, um, has extraordinary powers, omniscient, omnipotent. How can they be the same? If that's what he wants to say, and then it, it's a little, it's troubling because on two counts, the, the problem, I'll, I'll give you the problem first and then we'll see if you have understood the problem and we'll go for the answer. It's just a little clarification. There's a reason why he said it, but we'll see the problem first. What is the problem here and uh, what is the answer for that? The problem here is this, that um, if you say Pragya and Ishwara are the same, Pragya means, remember, deep sleeper. And Ishwara means God, the God of the universe, are the same. It leads to a problem. We know that the individual being has, for example, limited knowledge and limited power. We know God has unlimited knowledge, unlimited power, omniscient, omnipotent. If they're one and the same, then that same one and the same entity will have contradictory qualities. It will be at the same time little knowing and all knowing. It will be at the same time, little powerful and all powerful, powerless and all powerful. That's illogical. We are powerless. We know little as individual beings. God is all powerful. God is all knowing. That is understandable. How can we be one and the same? If we are one and the same, then we'll have contradictory qualities. That entity, which is one and the same as the individual being and God, you see, it, can, it cannot be little knowing and all knowing. It cannot be um, uh, omnipotent and uh, um, you know, like no strength, no power at all. It's impossible. So that's one big objection. What exactly, how is this possible? Second big objection will be, see this whole arrangement of Upadhi was meant to explain the differences between Ishwara and Jiva, between God and us. Uh, Upadhi, you remember, I'll just uh, this is a concept which I have explained earlier, but I'll just remind you. All this is going on is about this term Upadhi. Upadhi means something which comes close to you and seems to impart your qualities, qualities of that on you without actually doing so. If you remember the talk I gave, uh, the unattached self, Asangoham, there I spoke about the example of the orange juice and uh, uh, the glass and all. Uh, so uh, there, you remember the example? Uh, let me show you this example here. So I have this, this thing. Can you see it? Now, suppose I put it with my orange cloth here. Okay. Now, if you see it, does it not look orange, uh, orange or yellow to you from your side? And it has not become orange. See, it's colorless. It's colorless. And if I put it here, it looks orange or yellow. Why? Because the yellow which has not entered into this glass, this glass is absolutely clear and colorless. 
uh, but which has not entered into it because of the proximity, the yellow color or orange color of my shirt is appearing in the glass, appearing, not entering, appearing in the glass. This is called upadi. What is upadi? This orange cloth. This orange cloth is the upadi of the colorless glass. What does it do? In Sanskrit, upa samipe sthitva suyan gunan adhatte. Remaining in close proximity appears to transfer its own qualities into the uh, object, into the entity. So this is the entity. This is like consciousness. And here appears maya. Maya appearing with consciousness. Now it appears like God. Consciousness plus maya appears like God. So consciousness plus maya is like this colorless glass appearing to be orange. Consciousness appearing to be all-powerful through Maya. So this is the upadi. This, this shirt is the upadi. Or a tiny part of uh, Maya, the ignorance, associated with the same thing, makes it appear like a jiva, like an individual being. Um, I wonder if I can access the... In fact, in that lecture, I could not show the beautiful picture sent to me by uh, Jordan... Pe um, what's his name? Jackson uh, Peterson. But now I think I can show you because you can share the screen. All right. Can you see the orange juice in the glass? Yes. Yes. So he's sitting this, uh, he's a Buddhist teacher. He's sitting in Vienna in Austria and uh, he is uh, showing this, this thing. <laughs> So he has got two glasses. You can see the orange. There's a clear water, and the, the other glass is an, uh, actually orange juice. Can you hear this um, voice also now? Do you see? <laughs> All right. So that's an upadhi. Now, this whole concept of upadhi has been introduced in Advaita Vedanta to explain how in one non-dual pure consciousness, how does difference appear? How do we appear to be individual beings? How do we appear, how does God appear to be all powerful? How does the difference between God and individual come? How does the difference between individual and individual come? It's because of these upadhis, because of the appearance of body and mind. Um, so in pure consciousness appears the body mind. So just imagine, so some, like this appears the color. Similarly, consciousness now seems to be identified with the body mind. Uh, with, and if with all bodies and minds, then that becomes Ishwar or God. Now back to our problem. So the whole arrangement, this, this whole um, this structure of Upadhis, this has been thought of in order to explain the appearance of difference. Actually, there's no difference. And remember, um, 
in the case of the orange juice or in the case of this um, paperweight and uh, the orange color and the, the shirt, this is actually a paperweight, this is actually a separate orange shirt. Uh, so this comes from a Sankhyan perspective where there is a separate consciousness and separate material nature. And they seem to be in close proximity and material nature is reflected in the consciousness, just like the orange in the clear water or um, orange color in the glass. And then uh, consciousness gets duped or uh, makes an error about itself. In Advaita, this Prakriti, this, there is no external nature. In consciousness itself appears these things. But the effect is the same. Upadi, the effect is the same. Now, the problem is, if you say that um, um, they are one and the same, maya and individual ignorance are one and the same, God and the individual deep sleeper, in, uh, each, to each person in deep sleep, is one and the same, then the whole point of having upadis to explain differences is lost. Do you see the problem? Why is it a problem if you say they are one and the same? Um, Maya and individual ignorance are one and the same. Ishwara and Pragya are one and the same. There's no difference. Um, Abheda, there's oneness there. This is the problem. Do you see the pro problem? Um, let me see the interaction. I'll get to these questions later. But this problem, what scripture was the term Maya? Back in the Rig Veda. Remember the quotation? Indro Maya Bhe Pururupayate Indra by his Maya appeared in many forms. So that's from the Rigveda itself. But it's yeah, it's you're right, very little reference to Maya is there in the, in the Upanishads, for example. But anyway, this problem is it clear? It just said it made it went to great pains, the Vedanta Sara, to distinguish between God and individual being on the basis of Upadhi, that Maya associated with pure consciousness is God. Um, part of Maya associated with pure consciousness is individual being. Now it seems to say they are one and the same. So uh, you see the problem. Why? Why this this can be problematic? And uh, if you have no objection here, I don't see any wildly waving hands and uh, angry faces. All right. So let me give you this the solution. What is? These, these are all from the which are sub-commentaries on this book. <coughs> so the problem, the solution is this. Take the word bheda. Bheda means difference. Abheda means non-difference. That's the Sanskrit word which has been used. Take it as meaning bheda kattva, difference maker. Difference maker. Um, so maya and individual ignorance they are supposed to make a difference. They actually ultimately do not make a difference in pure consciousness. Ultimately, they do not. It's like putting um, a pot. The classic example is of a pot and there's some space in the pot and space outside. So you make a difference between Mahakasha and Ghatakasha. The space, all-enclosing space, the ex external space and internal space. Now, external space and internal space, when you use a pot, actually has space been bifurcated. And the commentators say, when you take an axe and cut a piece of wood, you have two pieces of wood now. Has space actually been bifurcated by putting a pot? What do you think? Here is space. Then I take a glass of water or a pot. And then, then it seems to be there is some space inside and there's some space outside. In Sanskrit, Ghatakasha and Mahakasha. 
It just seems to be like that. Really has space been cut up? Even here in all these brownstones, all these apartments, little, little apartments uh, scattered throughout New York, all the space of New York, has it really been chopped up into hundreds and thousands of little apartments? No, it just looks like that. And you can use the name apartment so-and-so, you can have addresses, apartment number, and uh, you can even live in them. You can decorate them to your, to your liking. And so use is possible, vyavahara. Nama rupa is possible. Nama rupa vyavahara is possible. Name, form, and use, transaction. But in reality, paramartha, no difference has been made to space. Is the space example clear? Example about space and that you cannot actually cut it up, though it looks different. Similarly, maya and individual ignorances, the upadhis, they do not actually make any difference to pure consciousness. Very important point, a beautiful point. And the orange juice, which you keep near the glass of clear water, does not actually make any difference to the clear water, though it looks very different to us. This orange shirt, red shirt, yellow shirt, nothing, no difference does it make to this um, cube of clear glass. Even when it looks orange or yellow, it's still clear, colorless. Similarly, all these upadhis, they make no difference ultimately to the ultimate reality, to the ultimate reality. Hence, they are one and the same. And, uh, hence, the ultimate reality of God and uh, the individual beings are also one and the same. Just like the pot, so-called space enclosed in the pot and the so-called space outside the pot are one and the same thing, really. Similarly, consciousness which you call God and consciousness which you call individual being you are one and the same, ultimately. That's all. That's the solution. If the problem made any kind of sense to you, uh, then the solution will make sense. If the problem didn't make sense, we are, you are saved. You can be happy. Now, let's go ahead and we'll bring this topic to a close. He's driving at something. We'll see now. Text number 49. Vana vriksha tadavat chinna akashayor jalashaya jalatadgata pratibimba akashayor va adharabhuta anupaita akashavad anayoho Agyana tadupahita chaitanyayoho adharabhutam yad anupahitam chaitanyam tatturiyam ityuchyate shantam shivamadvaitam chaturtham manyante sa atma savigyeyaha ityadi shrutehe. So, like the unlimited akasha, which is the substratum of the akasha enclosed by the forest and the trees, or of the akasha, which is reflected in the water and the reservoir. There is an unlimited consciousness which is the substratum of the aggregate individual ignorance as well as of the consciousness, Ishwara and Pragya associated with them. This is called the fourth as such in Sruti passages, that which is tranquil, auspicious and without a second that the wise conceive of as the fourth aspect, the Mandukya Upanishad again. Okay, so what's the point here? Now keep in mind the examples. Let us say, um, let's first take the lake example or the reservoir. So you remember millions of drops of water taken together, one reservoir. Now in each of those millions of drops of water, sky is reflected. 
and in the total reservoir, sky is reflected. Now there is a sky quite apart from the water in the reservoir, the sky itself, which is not reflected anywhere, just the sky itself. Similarly, take the forest example. Okay, let me just apply the example. So what did you get? You got millions of drops of water, you got the whole reservoir, you got the sky reflected in millions of drops of water, you got the sky uh, reflected in the whole uh, reservoir, and you finally got the sky by itself. No reference to water or um, lake or reflections, nothing like that, just space. Apply, five things, apply. Millions of drops of water are like the individual ignorances which we all have, each one of us, individuating, uh, differentiating us, the ignorances itself. All the drops of water together, the lake or the reservoir is Maya. And the consciousness reflected in each individual um, drop of water is like us, the individual consciousness with, with one ignorance, each one of us. And the consciousness reflected in all of the water taken together is God, Ishwara. And sky itself is like consciousness itself, Brahman itself. No question of um, individual ignorance, cosmic ignorance, individual being, God, nothing. Did you get it? Five things. Drop of water is like individual ignorance. All water together, the reservoir is like Maya. Uh, consciousness, uh, the, the sky reflected in drops of water is like uh, consciousness reflected in, in the uh, individual ignorance or associated with individual ignorance. The sky reflected in the entire lake is like consciousness associated with Maya, God. And sky itself, no question of lake, drop of water, reflection, nothing. Just sky itself is like pure consciousness, uh, Brahman. With one added thing here, remember, in this case, um, in the case of the example, there is actually a sky, there is actually water, there is actually a lake, and there are actually reflections. But in the case of Advaita Vedanta, when you're talking about pure consciousness, there's only pure consciousness. Maya, individual Maya, individual ignorance, reflected consciousness, all of those are appearances. They, they are not ultimately real. Only the uh, original consciousness is real. All right, this is example one. This is the so-called Pratibhimbavada, reflection theory. The example two, forest and uh, trees and sky example. So what do you have there? Individual trees. And you have the sky enclosed, space enclosed by this or covered by the individual tree. You have the entire forest and the space enclosed by the entire forest, which is like, so the, the um, individual trees are like uh, our individual ignorance. And uh, the space enclosed by the individual tree is like um, the individual being, the pragya, the individual deep sleeper. Um, then the total forest is like Maya, and the space associated with the total forest is like Ishwara. And the uh, space itself, no forest, no trees, no associated with forest and trees, just the space itself is like Nirguna Brahman, Satchidananda Brahman. Okay. That itself, now look at the Sanskrit, we'll quickly go through that. Vanavriksha tadavachinna akashayor, just like forest, trees, and the enclosed space. Jala, Jalashaya, Tadgata, Pratibhimba, Akashayo. 
drops of water, the entire reservoir, and the sky reflected in that. Adharabhuta. The reality, the underlying reality of all of that is one sky, one akasha. Exactly like that, there is this um, individual ignorance and the total ignorance and the consciousness associated with that. Underlying all of that is one anupahitam, without superimposition, unassociated, pure consciousness. It is called anupahitam chaitanyam. Upahitam on which something has been superimposed. Anupahitam without any superimposition at all, which is pure consciousness alone. That is called Turiya, the fourth. Go back to Mandukya. Consciousness associated with individual ignorance is called Pragya. Consciousness associated with individual mind, Turiya. Consciousness associated with individual body is Vishwa. Of course, individual ignorance plus individual mind plus individual body, just like us. Don't think, what is he talking about going on all abstract stuff? Exactly like what we are right now. What are we? Consciousness, limited by individual ignorance, plus individual mind, plus individual body, Sarva Priyananda. All of them separate. Um, there, the consciousness itself, without being associated with individual ignorance, mind or body, consciousness itself, the fourth, is called Turiya. In waking state, the same thing is called um, uh, Vishwa. In um, dream state, the same thing it's called Taijasa. In deep sleep state, the same thing is called uh, Pragya. But apart from these three, underlying these three, waking, dreaming, deep sleep, is the fourth one, Turiya. Turiya literally means number four. It's like the example, beautiful example is, which makes it pretty clear, is the gold, which is and the three ornaments. The same gold is made into a bracelet, uh, which you put on here. The same gold, one second. The same gold, which is made into, is melted and made into a necklace. The same gold is melted and made into a ring. Bracelet, necklace, ring, names are different. Forms are different. Use is also different. They look different and you use them differently. But they're literally the same thing, the same gold itself. The gold itself is like pure consciousness. But within associated with particular names and forms, you call it waker, dreamer, deep sleeper. But the fourth, the gold itself, which is the underlying of the first three, is the reality of the underlying the first three. So that is pure consciousness. And he says, none of this is, I'm not making it up. It's in the Upanishads, uh, Mandukya Upanishad, Shantam Shiva Madhvi, the seventh mantra. And we can all say, most of us, we have been there in the Mandukya classes, so we all know. Yes, we remember, hopefully. The seventh mantra, the most important mantra of the Mandukya Upanishad. Um, the whole mantra is Nanta Pragyam, Na Bahish Pragyam, Na Ubhayata Pragyam, Na Pragyana Ghanam, Na Pragyam, Na Pragyam, Adrishtam, Abhyavaharyam, Agrahyam, Alakshanam, Achintyam, Abhyapadeshyam, Ekatma Pratyasaram, Prapanchopashamam, Shantam, Shivam, Advaitam, the last part is what he has quoted. It is known as the fourth and shantam, beyond all sorrow of samsara. Shivam, auspicious or, or bliss, all bliss. Advaitam, non-dual. There's nothing apart from it. 
Why, Swami, you just mentioned one, two, three, four. So how can it be non-dual? But the one, two, and three are appearances of that fourth one. They are not a second entity apart from the fourth. No more than is uh, the bracelet or the, or the necklace or the ring. A second entity apart from the gold. They are not, they are not countably second. You don't have three ornaments and plus a fourth one called gold. Gold is not a fourth kind of ornament. It's the reality of the three ornaments. Chaturtham Manyanti, it is said to be the fourth. Saatma Savigyaya, that is the self and that is to be realized. Um, let me just do number 50, then we'll stop and discuss things. We are bringing this section to a conclusion. He has introduced the ultimate reality, uh, pure consciousness of Turiya. Number 50. Idameva Turiyam Shuddha Chaitanyam Agyanadi Tad Upahita Chaitanya Bhyam Taptaya Pindavad Avivikam Sat Mahavakyasya Vachyam Vivikam Sat Lakshamiti Chochate. This pure consciousness, which has been known as the fourth, when not discriminated like a red hot iron ball from ignorance and the conscious, consciousness with which it is associated becomes the direct meaning of the great Vedic dictum and when discriminated, it gives us its implied meaning. Okay, a lot has been packed in that. We need not understand it now. It's going to be unpacked throughout the rest of the book. What did he just say? Example, red hot iron ball. Red hot iron ball. Imagine a ball of iron which is black in color and heavy and cold. Now it's heated up in a furnace. What happens? It glows, maybe orange or red, and it's not cold anymore. In fact, it's 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 calcit. It's it's terribly hot, blazing hot. It's lit up, emits light and heat. Um, so what has happened? Fire has entered into it. Now this whole red hot iron ball is like consciousness associated with totality of ignorance or Maya. Consciousness plus Maya is like that red hot iron ball, um, Ishwar or God. Also us individual beings associated, maybe we are tiny iron balls. See the difference is this, in the iron ball, red hot iron ball, there are two entities. Some of the properties belong to the iron ball. Uh, some properties belong to fire, but they're indistinguishably mixed up in that red hot iron ball. For example, when I say, it's round. What is round? Is the ball round or is fire round? You immediately say the ball is round. The red hot iron ball is round, but the roundness belongs to what? To the ball. If I say it's orange. Now what's orange? Is the fire orange or is the red hot orange? Uh, is, the, is the iron ball orange? It's a fire. If I say it's very hot. What's hot? Is the iron ball hot or is the fire hot? The fire is hot. But it appears to us as one mass, round and orange and hot. If I say it's heavy, what's heavy? Is fire heavy or is the iron ball heavy? The iron ball is heavy. All these properties are there together with the red hot iron ball. Everything is together. Similarly, in our present condition, um, if I say I am a conscious being, Sarva Priyananda, body, mind, consciousness. Now think, there are two things here. You have to discriminate. One is that it exists. Uh, it, is, uh, it is a man. Uh, it, it is a monk. 
it is uh, it talks gives talks on vedanta uh, and uh, it is aware now gives talks on vedanta it's uh, whose property is that body mind it it exists whose property is that a property means a characteristic is that it's borrowed from brahman it is aware where does this come from brahman it thinks of itself as a monk called sarvapriyananda where does this come from body mind so just like the red hot iron ball these are all mixed up together in the case of god pure consciousness existence consciousness bliss just these three it's also all powerful creator of the universe all loving and just and all beneficent and merciful and so on and so forth all the auspicious qualities of god now they are like the iron ball and existence consciousness bliss is like the fire they are all mixed up together like the red hot iron ball okay so what take the essential teaching what is vedanta trying to tell us now we'll be, we get a better idea what is vedanta trying to tell us take the great teaching of vedanta he says the great mahavakya that thou art that thou art what does that refer to that refers to god what does thou refer to thou refers to you the individual being the vedanta student and it is saying that thou art you are god now this is the direct meaning of the literal meaning of the great sentence that thou art and there is an implied meaning so it says what vachyam lakshyam so the vachyam means a literal meaning literal meaning means that thou art you are god you the individual being are the god of religion it's one and the same and what's the implied meaning the actual meaning the underlying meaning it is when you separate them the like the fire and the iron ball when you understand the difference between brahman and all the upadhis you are existence consciousness bliss god is also existence consciousness bliss so you are not you the person you, i am not i this body mind uh, vedanta talk giving sarvapriyananda but i am isness awareness bliss infinite isness awareness and god is not the creator of the universe is not the uh, all powerful all knowing beneficent you know shiva vishnu allah whatever no god is isness awareness bliss infinite and therefore that thou art so all it says is if you look at the sanskrit idam eva turiyam this fourth this turiyam which we just talked about in the 49th text shuddha chaitanyam is pure consciousness awareness itself agyanaadi tad upahita chaitanya chaitanya abhyam uh, ignorance and maya and consciousness associated with with ignorance and maya which are the two one is jiva one is ishvara individual being and god they all appear together like what like a red hot iron ball if you do not distinguish brahman from its appearances what are the appearances god and jiva god and sentient being ishwar and jiva we do not distinguish that's the direct meaning literal meaning of the great sentence that thou art which obviously doesn't work 
you are god doesn't work you are not god obviously and the implied meaning of the great sentence is when you distinguish between fire and the iron ball when you distinguish between brahman on one hand and ishwar and jiva and maya and all of that on the other hand then that is the implied meaning of that thou art that's what is meant here mahavakyasya of the great sentence what is the great sentence that thou art from the chandogya upanishad or any of the great sentences from from the upanishads vachyam vachyam means literal meaning viviktam sat when you separate iron ball and fire when you are able to separate brahman from its appearances lakshyam then you get the implied meaning the underlying meaning the real meaning of the great sentence that thou art okay that's a lot to be going on with but that's nothing much more than what we learned in mandukya and it's going to be explained in the rest of the book what's going to come now what's going to come now now we'll go back to maya and we'll be told that maya has two powers the power of covering up the reality and the power of projecting and like ignorance has two powers it covers up the rope as it were and it projects it as a snake covering power projecting power and then you know what follows next the plot is very simple the projecting power will now project brahman as the five elements and space and uh, you know air and fire and water and what not brahman itself the absolute itself appears as a material universe and that's mixed up in ma- many ways to create minds and bodies and worlds and stars and planets and and then these minds and bodies think of themselves you know, associated with consciousness as individual beings and engage in action and samsara starts and goes on until you decide to come to a vedanta class so all of this will come from now on we'll go on for we'll build up the universe okay let me now take a look at what's been happening in the chat okay girish says maya is said to be not unreal what is the significance of the double negative why not simply say real instead of not unreal you cannot first of all it's a logical contradiction if you say maya is real and unreal notice what has been used the words used have been maya cannot be described as real cannot be described as unreal that's the exact sad asabhyam anirvachaniyam anirvachaniyam means cannot be so expressed cannot be expressed as what as real why not because unlike brahman uh, after enlightenment maya doesn't isn't there there's no separate reality called maya it cannot be expressed as unreal why not because it makes all this difference this whole samsara so why not say why not simply call it real and unreal no then they'll be contradictory the same thing cannot be real and unreal okay um then rama says swamiji pranam maya the totality becomes the power of saguna brahman correct ignorance at the individual level constitutes the samsara and really not a power it's a limitation why are they being said right did you um so rama must have seen um we must have listened to the whole problem which i set up and then i resolved yes. it yeah yes. good this is the just a, you noticed the question problem yes yeah just a clarification somiji so uh, when uh, you spoke about the pragna uh, and ishvara they are identical in the sense of their uh, real nature that is yes. very clear but when it comes to maya and avidya at individual level and totality level so are we saying that they are identical because of their uh, nature of being upadis uh, i'm still not yes that this discussion is there 
it's good that you caught it um mm. it's there in one of the tikas it says how are they identical they are not really identical because uh, maya is a great power is a glory of ishwara and uh, our upadhis are very uh, mean and insignificant things are very limiting so how are they the same yes as as an upadhi and a subtle point was made in the tika they are supposed to make differences upadhi makes a difference colorless water appears as orange colorless right. glass appears as orange or red or whatever so it's supposed to make a difference to consciousness make it into individual beings and make it into ishwara but unable to make a difference finally it does not actually mm-hmm. make a difference mm-hmm. hence they they lack bheda katva this is a little bit of subtle argumentation here the upadhis are supposed to have bheda katva bheda katva means difference making ability mm-hmm. since ultimately they do not make a difference you know because ultimately ishwara is also not ishwara jiva is also not jiva pure consciousness was not differentiated remember the example it was not like taking an axe and cutting a splitting a log of wood into two does mm-hmm. a pot split space into two parts outer mm-hmm. uh, space outside and inside no it looks like that similarly does maya or um, the upadhi individual upadhi does it really make pure consciousness into a jiva or ishwara no since it does not it does not have bhedakatva does mm-hmm. not have the ability to differentiate not having the ability to differentiate they are not really different maya or so mm-hmm. that that sense now remember this is all explanation post fact i mean after we have this text then all the explanation is coming why did the author create this problem there's a reason because the mandukya upanishad creates this problem the mandukya upanishad which he has quoted um esha sarveshwara when you are in deep sleep you are being called god in mandukya upanishad sixth mantra you will see before the seventh mantra before turiya the deep sleep state individuals when we have gone to deep sleep mm-hmm. we are being identified with god esha sarveshwara is the lord of all instead of saying you are the deep sleeper it says that you are the deep sleeper then esha sarveshwara it is the lord of all how can you the individual be the lord of the all lord of all how are you this one as one with god that's what he is being true to the upanishad one reason is if you look at it phenomenologically your experience in dreams we are all different in waking we are all different clearly we are all spread across the world you have different bodies different minds different personalities our dreams are also different but notice in deep sleep all of us have exactly the same experience all of us mm-hmm. upanishad says mm-hmm. uh, even an ant or a mosquito or an elephant in deep sleep you say does mosquito have deep sleep actually it apparently does so in deep sleep the experience is it has to be same when there is no subject object distinction what distinction will there be there? it's just a blankness so the experience mm-hmm. of deep sleep is the same so there you can say individual and cosmic are one and the same um mm-hmm. in that sense so that's why it's uh, ishwara and pragna are say are said to be identical and not tejasa or hiranyagarbha or... no yeah right tejasa and hiranyagarbha are not equated vishwa and um, uh, virat are not um... equated but strangely enough ishwara and uh, pragya directly equated upanishad creates this problem for us mm. okay there is a lot there's a big back story to this there is a whole sub school of vedantins which consider that you actually become one with god in deep sleep 
and it's fully based based on chandogya upanishad and vedanta upanishad so deep one uttarakhand sadhu put it nicely i'll tell you in hindi and translate are ye jagrat swapna to mahatma ji halki phulki cheez hai sushupti asli baat hai you are waking and dreaming these are superficial states swami mahatma ji mahatma monk oh monk these are superficial states the really profound state is deep sleep now this is just the obverse of what we normally think we think waking is the most important thing and dreaming is okay maybe you can take it to your um, the psychotherapist and they'll make some sense mm-hmm. out of it deep sleep absolutely un- un- unimportant it's nothing it's just we just ignore it completely there's nothing to be said about it anyway it's blank and here is the monk saying just the opposite it is actually in deep sleep that you are closest to the absolute closest in i mean figurative language mm-hmm. um in waking and dreaming because of the presence of so many upadhis it's disturbing and therefore we are taken up by so many uh, body mind activities thoughts feelings emotions all limiting factors mm-hmm. uh, the same consciousness it's like a movie screen when it is on movies on and when the movie is not playing same screen but the movie can be a disturbing factor if you want to un- understand what the screen is when the movie is not playing then it's much easier to understand what the uh, screen is like there is one other sadhu um, one of our monks used to go to this sadhu was is called shankara bhikshu shankarananda in 1950s he passed away um, one of our monks used to go to him he was this shankarananda bhikshu was regarded as a great as a paramahamsa as, as a liberated being jivan mukta in um, haridwar in those days about 70 80 years ago so this monk from our ashram who used to go to him and note down his teachings um, uh, you know he has mentioned it in his diary once he asked this bhikshu shankarananda swami you are a non dualist vedantin so why don't you have books <laughs> i mean this is just general idea you know the, the, the people on the path of knowledge will have plenty of books they'll have libraries and things you don't have any books and that monk said uh he used to live under a tree under a you know what a charpoy is in it's like a open mm-hmm. bed when you see in india yeah. uh, just made of uh, wood a wooden frame and coir the ropes so he said yes i do have books i have three books i have three books waking dreaming and deep sleep and i read this and i know all that i have to know <laughs> and uh, so i have got three books waking dreaming and deep sleep and i read them all right so uh, swamiji so the potentiality that we have in the deep sleep also kinds of the understanding is it also kinds of merge with the maya and becomes the cosmic cosmic uh, potentiality i mean when we say uh, in the yes, deep yes right when you talk about the potentiality there is difference because yeah. from there only all our waking dreaming differences come out now um what would you call gabriel says what would you call the space tiny space between your shirt and the cube asking this because the silence experienced in a state of no mind and ego space and the cube actually you don't have to extend the example so far and what she's asking is here is the cube when you're seeing it as orange normally colorless but when you put it here it seems orange um so there's a space between the shirt and the cu- yeah that kind of idea will come only when you have a separate shirt and a separate separate cube or a separate orange glass of orange juice and a separate glass of water that idea you don't have to extend the example so far 
um, this but the question might arise notice that um, the shirt is different and the cube glass cube is different therefore you have this effect um, so it's not non-dual it's still duality so that's sankhya you're right it's sankhya in advaita vedanta there is no separate shirt or there is no separate uh, orange juice glass it's an appearance in the um, uh, in the featureless brahman itself an appearance is due to ignorance uh, shweta is asking what about god's mind individual mind so mind will has not yet come notice we have got pure consciousness and ignorance pure consciousness and maya mind will come next we are going to come build minds next and then the physical body so far minds and bodies have not yet come they're going to come next um this space all right she's referring to the earlier question anuradha is asking in panchadashi vidyaranya divided into four ghatakasha jalakasha yes okay so this is a very complicated example which i'm not going to go into now Poonam ji is asking, since our mind has the habit of objectifying everything, it seems like consciousness is universally present and we are as individuals are moving around in it. Um, Poonam ji, can you expand on this? I'm not very sure I understand the question or the remark. You think about it. The giant, the people who have raised their hands, we can go to those questions now. Oh. Prabir Babu, you can go next. Yes. Maharaj Pranam, I have uh, two questions. One is, does ignorance resides in the mind, is in the mind, right? Um, no, the mind resides in ignorance, according to an Advaitic, from Advaitic perspective, because ignorance has come first. Okay. Notice, what is the relationship between Ajnana and the Sukshma Sharira? It is like the switched off, a resolved version of the mind. Look at your own experience in deep sleep. In dream and deep sleep, what's the difference? Mind is active in dreaming and waking. In deep sleep, the same mind, when it becomes resolved, when it shuts down, that itself is called deep sleep. Or from a yogic perspective, the mind takes on a abhava vritti, blankness. That means no activity. Mind shuts down its activities, and that is deep sleep. It's the bijavasta, seed form of the mind. The other question I have is knowledge always is has a subject and object. Yes. Correct? But what does aparaksha knowledge? Where's the, who's this, what's the subject and what's the object there? You are the subject and you are also the object. But uh, that's why the ultimate realization will come. What exactly is the nature of aparaksha nubhuti? That will come later. We are not going to go into that right now. Um, the technical words there are vritti vyapti and phalap vyapti. How is this different from ordinary knowledge? How is enlightenment different from? So there will be a whole section discussing it. Very interesting. You'll see how precisely enlightenment has been understood, and uh, how is it different from other knowing, ordinary knowing? I know a glass of water, and now you're listening to me talk. All this kind of knowledge. I read a book. So this is knowledge. But enlightenment—that's also knowledge. But what kind? How is it materially different? How is it significantly different? A whole section will be there. And you will begin to see what is meant by uh, aparokshanubhuti or direct realization. So, Maharaj, when you are saying that we want to remove ignorance, what, where are, what are we doing? I mean, is it? You are. It's not, it's not in the mind. It's not in the mind. Um, so, yes. So, ignorance 
See, specifically, ignorance about Brahman is what we want to remove. The ignorant, not, the ignorances of many kinds. Again, all this has been um, discussed in detail in other texts. Hmm. There is relative ignorance. There is the ignorance about Brahman. There are individual ignorances about different things in the world. What we are talking about is ignorance regarding our real self. So that ignorance, our mind is ignorant of that. And that can be removed by knowledge which is generated in the mind by these practices, by the study and the contemplation and meditation. Uh, that makes sense. Go so through. Thank you. Thank you, Then, Krishna Murthy. Uh, Namaste, Swamiji. Namaste. Uh, Swamiji, you said in the beginning of the session today that the underlying message uh, contained in, in Vedanta Sara and also in the Upanishads is, is, is simple. And, and it's a matter of actually realizing it and then uh, you know, making it a, a living reality. Yes. And uh, you, uh, you, you also taught in the past that uh, making it a living reality is, is a matter of uh, the, the, the sadhana chatushtaya, basically, that if, if, we, if we have those qualities in, in an adequate amount, then, then it can become a, a living reality. You, you've explained the, the qualities in, in extensive detail as well in, in talks in the past. I'm wondering for ordinary uh, you know, seekers like me, is there a book that can tell me about how to actually increase these qualities, starting from, from the very beginning? Like, for example, is there a particular practice that I can do so that I can improve on how much Viveka I have? Uh, I, I understand that it, it may be a large answer to give. So I'm wondering whether there is a book that can instruct me in how I can systematically all, improve it. All of these, systematically improve it means just that much will be told to us. What is Viveka? And that will be illustrated vividly. Um, so, for example, Vivek Chodamani, that talks about that defines nicely each of these qualities and how to increase them. If you want more detailed, a more intensive discussion, then there is a text called Jivan Mukti Viveka by Vidyaranya Swami. There, there are whole chapters on this. How do you increase Viveka? How do you increase Vairagya? Um, so Jivan Mukti Viveka. Uh, and basically, they, they will. The, what the book tries to do is to create a dispassion for worldliness and create a, a generate an urge for freedom for enlightenment that's what it does okay thank you so much shravani pranam maharaj namaskar uh, i was listening to your talk on maya that you uh, told us to listen to earlier in one of the so there you mentioned about swami vivekananda talking about the uh, clinging to life and denial of death and you also mentioned the book of by Ernest Baker, the denial of death, how we end up doing various silly things uh, under the spell of just in denial of death. Now, uh, so that's understood. What my question is, does it give a clue in the sense that, let's say if I try to visualize, imagine uh, my death, right? I'm dead. So what we see is really a body. I think everyone sees that there's a body lying senseless and I am looking at it. So I exist even when I try to vision. So it seems like we are just not able to visualize that we are non-existent. Right. So is, that, is that what which acts at, uh, is that the deep root of what, where the denial of death comes from that we are ever existent and we correct, are- Correct, And is in it fact, also 
also, I'm sorry, but is it also like uh, a clue uh, to connect even in our waking and in this ordinary mundane uh, awareness with that existence, basically the ever existence? Correct. Because we are infinite existence, we do not want to accept death. It's just because we are identified with the bodies, I, the infinite existence, not knowing myself as infinite existence, I now identify myself with the body, but I'm haunted by the memory of, or by the notion of infinite existence. So I want this body to continue. That's why I don't want to die. That's an Advaitic way, a Vedantic way of looking at resistance to death. It, the root is in our real nature, except that the expression of it is wrong because of our ignorance. This body will die, no doubt about it. Our real nature is awareness. That's why we cannot take not knowing. If somebody tells you that, all right, you will be kept alive. You will not die, but you will be in coma. You will live for 100 years in coma. No, not acceptable. I must be aware. Why? What a strange thing. Of course, I must be aware. Because our very existence is awareness. I cannot choose to lose that. But we are, because we are confused with the mind, I think I want awareness as the mind. Then uh, bliss. So we all know we detest misery, unhappiness. And somebody will say to you, yes, we will live. Or it tells us that you live in the body and you will be aware. But you will be, we will be in great pain in ICU for the next 100 years. Is that acceptable? No. I must live, I must be aware, and I must be happy. This comes from Satchidananda. Correct. Then Anuradha. Anuradha Sorry, Maharaj. I am harping on the same string. And the reason being, I know what is Ghatakasha, Jalakasha, and Mahakasha. Hmm. But because it, the Meghakasha is not going in my head. Hmm. I know. So it, I, it, I it will not go in most, most people's heads because it's a complicated example. When I first read it, I was puzzled by it also. And it's just because someone like Vidyaranya is so super intelligent that so they come up with these incredible examples. So there is um, sky and there, is, there are clouds and the sky that the cloud occupies. And then there is the water particles in the clouds in which sky is reflected. So that, that is... A, so that becomes very complicated. That's why I never use that example. Maybe one day if we do Sorry? If we one day do Panchadashi, maybe we will take it up. That's why I don't want to introduce that example. Oh, okay. But say I don't, okay, so fine. I wouldn't take it. But with the three, is it enough? You don't have to go, to, don't take that example up because if you take only the three, then it will be a partial example. It will not work. It is, a, I mean, I'm just making fun. It's of course a very good example, but it's complicated. That's why we get to understand the example itself takes a little bit of, just, just think, uh, drops of water in the cloud form, in that drop of water, sky is reflected. So that thing, it wrap our heads around that itself. And that's an example. After that, we have to understand Brahman and Maya. So that's why I don't want to do that. Okay. All right then. Unamji. <clears throat> yes. Uh, Swamiji, I wanted to ask, like in the forest example, uh, it seems like there is a space, and we individually, as trees, are there. 
so is it seems like the consciousness is like space universally present yes and we are there as trees so it's difficult to uh, not to objectify it um take yourself as the universally present consciousness sky not tree uh, not tree what has happened here is the cube in the orange color you are not the orange color you are the colorless cube you are consciousness you are not body and mind in you the consciousness body and mind have appeared like in the colorless cube orange color has appeared even when the orange color appears in the cube it looks orange cube it looks like an orange cube it is not an orange cube there is not the slightest touch of orange in the cube similarly right now there is no touch of body in you male body female body young old no touch of mind in you happy unhappy ignorant realized non realized nothing is there in you it but the whole thing the whole punam ji personality appears in you the pure consciousness you are not like the tree you are like the sky you are pure consciousness you are not the body mind called punam ji after knowing that you can still embody punam ji and go on uh, with your life but you'll be very happy you'll be free of that personality thank you thank you so much let us uh, abhijit has a question maraj uh, pranam maraj this is related to uh, text 48 um, so previously we have always maintained that at the deep sleep level we have seeded form of ignorance which is different from what i have versus what a mosquito has yes. so dif- difference we have always maintained that the unity only exists at the substratum level which is the transcendental reality which is brahman mm. but here it, it clearly says that it's same as at the deep sleep level mm. which is apparently at least contradictory from the right what... so remember what i said it is the same phenomenologically phenomenologically means as experienced so as experienced the same blankness is experienced by everybody in deep sleep it has to be because that's the very definition of deep sleep if we experience any kind of difference then you are not in deep sleep so our experience of deep sleep is virtually the same for all beings that's what is what is being meant but the seeds which are different from each of us which differentiate us those seeds are there so why are you ignoring that then we are ignoring that because they are not in play in deep sleep they only the differences are expressed only when you go to dream state or waking state but potentially the differences are there if those differences so, were, were not there you would become one with you would be one with brahman once you go into deep sleep you never come out again yeah and remember then you say but still if you object why are, are you straight away saying that there is uh, in the causal state in the karana sharira they are all one um, you know that individual ignorances are all one um, maya the same with maya uh, because of uh, that one example like uh, one reason i gave which i got from the tika bhedakatva is, is not there the ability to actually make a difference in pure consciousness is not there in that sense they are all abheda non different so they are both cases we can make a case for both of them that there is a difference in terms of potentiality but there is sameness because it's a experience of absence is an experience a uniform experience of absence because absence is the same everywhere yes but 
Um, it's the potential difference is there because you see immediately afterwards difference comes when you wake up and you go into dream state or waking state, the difference comes. But um, the second reason I gave why there is why you can ignore the differences in deep sleep is because they are unable to make any difference actually. Uh, it's like saying you have many kinds of pots and jars, a big round pot, a small one, a long uh, jar, uh, you know, various kinds of pottery, suppose you have. And the space inside that seems to be exactly like the pot itself, round or long, or, but actually the space has not been affected in any way. So have the jars made any bheda difference? Are they difference makers? Or are they making an appearance of difference? Because space has not become round, space has not become tall, space has not become small or anything. Space is space. So since they, they are unable to make any real difference, in that sense, these difference makers are all the same. In that sense, uh, you know, like uh, the upadis are all the same. In that sense. That's a subtle point, actually. Om Shanti 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 Harihi Om Tatsat Shri Ramakrishna Rupanamastur